Jed's podcast is proudly brought to you by 40 Winks Bendigo series about sleep. Well, g'day everyone. Welcome back to another football episode. In this week's footy episode, I chat to Peter Ryan, the Victorian feeder football league president. Welcome to the podcast, Pete, and thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, good morning, Jed. My pleasure. My pleasure to be involved. It's great to have you on. We'll get into it now, Pete. Can you tell us what FIDA stands for and what it is? Um, the acronym FIDA is Football Integration Development Association. And uh, way back 30 years ago when we started, uh, it was a, it's a competition for people with intellectual disability. But uh, the integration part of it, we... Uh, we're hoping to develop the skills so that uh, our players could participate in mainstream footy. Uh, and that's been uh, successful to some extent. I guess a lot of our players prefer to play feeder because they, uh, they're not under quite as much pressure and I guess they're accepted for what they can do rather than being hounded to, to play better for a mainstream side. It is a great opportunity opportunity that you and the rest of uh, FIDA provide for the, the players to have that opportunity to play footy. But like you just said, the 30 years it's been running for, that's a massive achievement for uh, the league and for all the people that have been involved over the years with the competition and the leagues. Uh, yes, look, there's, there's no doubt we're extremely proud of the fact that uh, that we're still going after 30 years and, in fact, not just still going each year. I think uh, the program uh, has improved. So, uh, And um, there are very few programs in the world, actually, for uh, people with an intellectual impairment to play team sports. So, look, there's no doubt that uh, it's just a fantastic program in anyone's uh, eyes. How how big is it growing, Pete, every year? Uh, this year, uh, before the lockdown, say 2019, uh, the numbers were, were about 800 players. Um, we were really worried with the lockdown that a lot of the players would uh, drift away or not uh, re return. But fortunately, um, our numbers are back up pretty close to 800 after the lockdown. So, so we're you know really pleased with that. Um, when all the AFL Vic staff was stood down, uh, we had a little bit of money in the bank, so we decided we would engage El Dow, who's now the CEO. We we engaged her to try and uh, to make sure that we could keep the uh, the feeder players engaged, and she did a great job with the feeder front bar, and uh, and I think that's. Uh, really helped in keeping all our players interested and involved and returning to play now that we can get out and have a kick of the footy again. How did FIDA and the clubs keep the players engaged, especially with all the lockdowns from last last year with no season that wasn't played? I think, I think the FIDA front bar and the, the online... Uh, activities that Al organised, I think that went a long way towards keeping everyone sort of interested and involved. We we certainly uh, we spent a fair bit of time with the clubs too, making sure that uh, you know that they kept in mind that as soon as possible we could get players out there and 
training and having a kick and doing all those things safely under the, the problems that COVID uh, created. So um, I think that was the main reason. And the players in, in the finish were really keen to get back and have a kick of the footy, which is great. It is definitely great, Pete, to have. Obviously, local footy back this year. Obviously, we know there's just been and uh, other lockdown for regional and Melbourne Metropolitan, but hopefully the feeder league can really start up in the next few weeks, hopefully. Uh, yeah, look, we're, uh, we're having a little bit of a, a, a committee meeting this morning to uh, just to, we, we have got... The, contingency plans for the rest of the season, but we're just having a meeting this morning to see if we can get back even a bit earlier than we had planned. So uh, I think that's over the last 18 months, the the thing that's been really uh, important is the fact that we've had a group of people from our committee that have met at least once a week and, uh, and took the opportunity to go through a lot of the things that uh, we needed to have in place when we started again. Uh, just things like the handbook, um, a group of uh, five of us probably spent something like 12 hours on the handbook. So um, I think that's really made uh, starting up again a lot more, uh, a lot easier. It definitely would make it a lot easier. What is some of the things that most people wouldn't see that goes on behind the scenes in football? Um, I think the thing that uh, we've got 28 clubs and uh, and obviously they're made up of people with an intellectual impairment. So, um, so as well as all the normal things that a footy competition uh, and footy clubs have, uh, when you put that many people together, there's always going to be issues one way or another. Um, and I guess for us, uh, our discipline problems are obviously slightly different to mainstream footy, but we have them just the same. We've had uh, uh, since the start of our season, which you know, it's only four or five games, we've had a bit of racial vilification. We've had uh, uh, sexist remarks made to our some of our females. So that there's very often something going on that. Uh, the people wouldn't realise we have to deal with as far as uh, feeder is concerned. So we have all the problems of mainstream footy, uh, plus a few others. Uh, but, I mean, uh, it, it's such a great program and, and it's, as I said before, there's very little done for people with an intellectual impairment in terms of uh, team sport and being able to be, belong to a team and being involved with a team and having the commitment to, uh, to make sure that they are good team and club members. Do, do you think it's, it's growing now, Pete, in, in, in regardless in what type of people play, but do you think there is a, a more of an opportunity nowadays for people with a disability to, to play sport? Uh, yes, no doubt there is. Um, I think team sport has probably lagged a little bit behind individual sport. Um, uh, Inclusive Sport Australia, they've done a fantastic job in terms of uh, the global games 
in 2019 investment, all that sort of thing. So there's there's plenty of opportunities for people to participate uh, in individual sports. And I, I think now that uh, that team sport is, is starting to develop in that way too. As I said before, we were one of the, you know, one of the very few uh, organisations anywhere in the world that that had uh, you know 800 players playing in 30 teams. I mean that's that's quite unusual. So, but in answer to your question, I do think that uh, I think there's a greater acceptance of all sorts of disabilities, uh, and uh, why not? I mean, it just gives people an opportunity to participate in a in a very healthy activity and. Uh, and not just uh, physically healthy, a mentally healthy uh, activity too, because they be they feel as though they're uh, valued, feel as though that they're part of a, a, a larger team uh, and group. So that's great. It is definitely great, and you you are one hundred percent right there, Pete. It is about also physical and mental health, but it's it's great. It's great that they get that opportunity like the rest like the rest of the community do. Yep. What do you enjoy the most about being involved with FIDA? Uh, um, I taught in a special school and um, so obviously I'd, I'd been working with people with an intellectual disability. Um, and I guess to go the next step and to see what happens after they left school. Uh, and when I started in a special school, there probably weren't a lot of organised activities for our students after they left uh, special school to, school to get involved in. So uh, as soon as we set up FIDO, I really saw the need for a start and I saw the enjoyment of uh, the players involved. I also... Uh, uh, was lucky enough to have some really great parents and uh, listening to their stories about the difference that it made to their son or daughter, that immediately gave me a, a feeling that this is something that's fantastic and something worthwhile doing. So so I guess that's where mainly I got uh, the enjoyment. I'd have to say that over the 30 years, uh, I mean, I've been involved for 30 years, but we've had some fantastic people helping uh, our committee, uh, particularly when we were linked to the amateurs, but our committee right through has been made up of, of people with the uh, who just were prepared to give heaps of time and effort and energy to uh, to the program. So that's that's my made my job easier, and it's it's made it a lot more enjoyable. It definitely is enjoyable to see and watch you and the rest of the committee do a wonderful job, people behind the scenes, you, you all should be really proud of the hard work he has put in every season into the competition. What what do you enjoy the most about going and uh, watching watching the games, I suppose? Um, I've watched a lot of footy in my, in my days because I was on the recruiting staff at Hawthorne for 25 years, so... Uh, so I have watched a lot of footy over the years, but uh, probably is as enjoyable as any of the footy is to go and watch a uh, go along to a feeder game and uh, just see the atmosphere and the fact that that the players now, even though it's eight hundred players, I think there's a, 
a lot of friendship between players from different clubs and all that sort of thing. So to go along to a feeder game uh, is always a, a very pleasant thing to do. It's, and I'd have to say also that the skills have improved so much that uh, that also makes us very proud because we've got some uh, very good players in feeder. Um, one of our, one of our issues is always catering for all abilities. Uh, our better players uh, would get a game in a lot of uh, mainstream, particularly reserve side, and sometimes in the senior side. So, uh, but at the other end of the scale, obviously, we've got players who just put the footy jumper on and uh, love to go out there on the ground with a with a real footy jumper on. So that's great. It is great, Pete. But I suppose too. If- the, the smiles that you see on their face yep. Yep. In, in the games, like awesome to see. Like, I, I suppose the way to put it is like they may only get you know one handball for the day, but they're happy, they're smiling. I love it. That's, that's right. That's what that's I call right. about. That's no doubt about that, Jed. What are the differences between uh, the Melbourne Metro and uh, well, Melbourne Metro has obviously been going for thirty years, so it's it's uh, it is far closer to a uh, normal in inverted commas uh, competition. They play ten games. Uh, they play uh, home and away games at each each other club's venue as close as possible, um, uh, and, and it's very much more competitive than the country country conferences. Uh, country conferences, they're all different too. Um, I, I personally, uh, I, I'm not a huge fan of the uh, the big carnival day because it's uh, it's a huge day and short quarters, all that sort of thing. I, I would prefer, and we're never going to really force this, but I would prefer to have um, a home and away game where, for instance, the Tuca go to Shepherd and then they play... Uh, they play a game there and, and vice versa. Um, uh, I, I also, I really would like to uh, reduce the travel. Obviously, we got Bendigo out of the out of the Northern Conference uh, and set up the Central Conference. Well, I, I think we can go further and I think there's a, a need for probably at least four or five conferences in Victoria, perhaps even more. I'd like to reduce the track, perhaps get another team up around Albiwodonga or Yarrawonga. Um, but, you know, the, the aim is simply to make sure that anyone in Victoria who has an intellectual impairment get, gets an opportunity to play footy. So I'm, I'm sort of diverging from what you asked me initially, but uh, um, all, all the conferences are certainly different. And uh, uh, But we'd, we'd like to have all our players playing at least, you know, eight games a year. Uh, currently, some of the country conferences only play four or five. I don't think that's enough, to be honest. So with the country competitions, Pete, would you like to see that be extended to maybe eight games next next Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, certainly. Um, I guess if we had four clubs in each uh, conference, uh, if they played a home and away game, that's six games. Um, and, and I'd really like to try and get particularly, well, Bendigo are okay now, but places like Bendigo and Ballarat and, and uh, 
uh, even Warrnambool to have two teams because um, we've got lower functioning players who really uh, we, we've got a duty of care to make sure that they get a, an opportunity to play without playing against you know players who are very capable, six foot two, all that sort of thing. So we'd like every every uh, club to have two teams. That would be a, one of my aims. That's a great goal to have for the future. Pete, can you tell us what the National uh, Football Carnival is that AFL run? Okay, way back in, uh, I think it was about uh, oh, 95 or something like that, after we started, we played a, an interstate game against South Australia. And, and that uh, continued for many years until... And I'm not sure the, the, the year we first did this, but um, we at FIDA decided that uh, uh, we needed to have a couple of other sides involved. So New South Wales got together a team. And uh, so initially we had Vic Metro, Vic Country, South Australia and New South Wales. Now, the AFL just saw the opportunity there and saw how great that was and they took over, I think, in about 2015, and they organised a, uh, a nationwide national carnival, uh, which uh, was just a huge success, absolutely huge success. Um, and, of course, for the AFL, it was, it was great publicity and, was, uh, and fulfilled their role as uh, catering for all abilities and catering for people with a disability. Um, Unfortunately, we, we didn't have it last year. Uh, I think this year it will be held again, but obviously with the uncertainty of COVID at the moment, it's it's probably still a little bit up in the air. But it gives all our players the opportunity to pull on a Victorian jumper and go and represent the state. It is for, for the better players, obviously, and we do get a bit of uh, criticism at times for not catering for the lower-functioning players, but I think... Who knows, down the track, we might be able to do something there. But it gives our better players an opportunity to play against the best in Australia. And, of course, then they pick an all-Australian side. And two years ago, we went to Brisbane for the Global Games uh, with, with teams, sport, uh, sporting teams from all over the world. We, we played a couple of exhibition games, which were really fantastic. So, uh, so getting back to your question... Um, the National Carnival just gives all our players throughout the, the country, really, uh, the opportunity to play at the highest level and represent their state. It is a wonderful opportunity that the players all get to who, who represent their state. I suppose, Pete, so with the National Carnival, they spend a week away, isn't it, roughly, playing footy? Yeah, it's roughly a week. And, and just a mere fact, uh, and, and that's a, another issue there, the fact that they go away as a group with players that they may may or may not know for their own team, but also um, generally they live in a, in a uh, situation where they're socialising with the players from the other states too. So I think that's, that's fantastic in their, uh, in their personal development as well. And obviously they've got to look after their gear and, uh, and be part of the team for the week. So that's, that's a vital part of the National Carnival. 
That definitely is great that they get the opportunity to mix with so many different people. What is Feeder's partnership with the Box Hill uh, Hawks and the Williamstown VFL side? Okay. Um, when we employed uh, Alice CEO, uh, obviously most of the work she would do from home, but we, we thought that we needed an office space just for storage and various things. I played footy at Williamstown for, for five years, so I had contacts there. Um, Box Hill being part of uh, being part of Hawthorne, obviously we had contacts there as well. So we we decided uh, first of all that we'd have a, a day at each uh, club as far as office space is concerned, um, and, and it's leading now to uh, we're pretty sure that there will be a, a curtain raiser at uh, at either a Williamstown game or a Box Hill Hawks game or both actually. So. Uh, and, and both those clubs have been very, very receptive to anything we've asked of them. Um, uh, they see it obviously as a, a part of their role to uh, to have a disability input. And uh, so both Box Hill Hawks and Williamstown Footy Club have been really fantastic. Um, the president of the Box Hill Hawks actually coached one of the feeder sides way back probably 25 years ago. So he's, he was very receptive to anything we suggested. So that, that can only develop. I think we will probably play our Metro finals at the Box Hill City Oval, uh, which would be great. It's a great oval and great setup there. So that'll be good. It definitely is a great oval, Pete, and a great setup. And it is wonderful to see them clubs jump on board and uh, support Peter yeah. and the competition. Yep, sure thing, Jed. So, so while we're still on that, Pete, with Box Hill and Williamstown, will that give players a opportunity for employment or to either be involved with them clubs at some stage? Uh, yes, we are, particularly at this stage. We, I guess we're a bit further ahead with Williamstown, but, um, you know, we'd obviously... Uh, I mean, all footy clubs need volunteers and helpers and, you know, whether it's paid employment, uh, we're certainly advocating for our players to be involved in those footy clubs. Uh, footy clubs have never got enough people in terms of volunteers and workers, so uh, we really think that that's an opportunity for some of our players to, to uh, develop their skills as volunteers that perhaps leading to some sort of employment later on. It is a great opportunity that you and them footy clubs will give the players to be involved. Does FIDA have any major goals they would like to meet and achieve in the next few years, I suppose? Look, we, um, we, we have got sort of figures in mind. We'd say the, first, uh, the first milestone would be to have a 1,000 players playing. Uh, and, I, and I think really if we hadn't have closed down for 12 months, we'd have been very close to 1,000. Um, uh, we've got some areas of the state where we don't have any uh, any presence, and one is Gippsland, so we're very keen to develop a, a Gippsland conference. Uh, we have had, uh, to some extent, we've had some participation in the past, but uh, for various reasons they fell over, so we're keen to get down there and make sure we get a Gippsland conference. Um, as I said before, the, the secret of this program is really to get more players involved. Um, I'd like I'd like all large 
country towns to have two sides uh, and not necessarily competing sides, but uh, for a club to have the opportunity to, to have two teams where the lower functioning players are, are playing against other players of their own ability. Uh, so that that's a long-term goal, obviously. Uh, so each year we'll just look at trying to get new. We've had uh, we've had inquiries from at least four clubs who are keen to get going in 2022. Uh, whether they do or not is another thing, but at least we're, we're getting a lot of interest from clubs who are wishing to get involved in the program. Uh, the more publicity we get, the better, obviously. Uh, and people realise just what a great program it is and how that can help their own clubs. That's the other thing you, you did mention about employment, just having uh, our players around the club to, to help run water or whatever they need as volunteers and and obviously to, uh, to bring more money into the club just by participating, that would be great. It definitely would be great. Hey, you guys run a great program and it is definitely wonderful to see so many mainstream clubs jumping on board and supporting the feeder uh, local teams. Yep, yep. No, look, uh, you know, 30 years really, uh, they've flown obviously, but, uh, you know, we couldn't be prouder of, of what we've got there in terms of uh, what we do for people with intellectual impairment. Uh, very often, as far as disability is concerned, uh, they tend to be uh, tend to not get as much publicity, I guess, as uh, the blind footy and the wheelchair footy and all that sort of thing. So, so we're you know, pretty happy about what we do for people with an intellectual in, uh, impairment. You guys should be extremely proud. Well, Pete, thank thank you so much for your time today and coming on the podcast and chatting about. Feeder, hopefully this will give you some great publicity. Yeah, look, thank you for the opportunity, Jed, and uh, I'll try and get up to uh, to watch the, the Suns play some stage in the next couple of months. So I'll catch up with you then. No worries. Sounds good. Thanks so much, Thanks, Jed. Jed. No worries. Thank you. This podcast is proudly brought to you by 40 Wings Bendigo, serious about sleep.